Welcome to another episode of Employability Matters, a careers-related podcast where we dive into all topics associated with the world of work. This episode is part of the international series, which highlights entrepreneurs who have moved from their native country to start a new life elsewhere. Introducing you to Dr. Ava Eagle-Brown, who is a CEO and founder of The Mango Girl which is an award-winning hair and skincare company that uses all natural and ethical ingredients. In this episode, you will hear all about Ava's early years growing up in Jamaica, selling mangoes on a train as a child, her entrepreneurial journey and move to Northern Ireland from London. Ava is a mother, a world-renowned master coach, a multi-award-winning international keynote speaker, CEO, and household name. She has helped thousands worldwide, teaching them how to master their mindset and live their best lives. So let's get started. So I am so excited today, today, today. I like to sing when I'm excited, you know. Today, welcome to Employability Matters podcast, a podcast where we deep dive into all areas associated with the world of work. But for this particular episode, we're focusing on a wonderful woman, wonderful woman, yes, um, who is going to share her journey because this particular series is about people who have left their native country and who have traveled abroad to set up a business and start a new life. So drum roll. And I feel that I need horns. I feel that I need a trumpet to introduce you to Dr. Ava Brown. How are you doing? Uh, thank you so much, Sophia. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so uh, grateful to be here and humbled. And thank you so much for not just inviting me, but to have these series, especially a time such as this, I think it's so necessary, um, especially for our community. Yeah, definitely. Because when um, Reggae Rita reached out for me, because she's been such a great help, you know, and she says, I know so many people, I'm just going to send a message out and then here comes Pops You. And I'm just, as I said, thank you so much. I just want to read out something, okay, just to get it started, because I like to big up my guests, you know, big up, big up my guests. <laughs> I want to big up my guests because, you know, for every guest, I do a little bit of research. But I tell you what, as soon as I put your name into Google search, I was like, oh, my goodness. And I can't wait for you to share your journey. So let's start. OK, CEO and founder of The Mango Girl, which is a multi award, which you are a multi award winning inspirational speaker, author and transformation mindset business coach. Dr. Ava Eagle, I love that, Dr. Ava Eagle Brown, um, coaches, trains and speaks globally, you know, to help others shift their mindsets to change their lives and businesses ultimately affecting their bottom line. And you was named in the Belfast Telegraph 2021 as the ones to watch. Wow. I tell you, <laughs> I need, when I finish this, I'm going to add, da 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you know what you're i'm just friday when i'm so tired you're really making me crack up yeah da, 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 da. that's what we need <laughs> to hear so how did it all get started i mean your first start lovely wonderful jamaica 
Mm. Mm. Humble yeah. beginnings, humble beginnings. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, very humble beginnings. Um, as a matter of fact, I just added a new business to my portfolio. And what um, is that? Um, two of them this week. I'm going to talk about it really quickly. And um, one of them is a testimony. Um, I was up, and I, I, I hope you, I hope this is fluid. I hope this is a very fluid conversation because I'm a Christian and I, I really, that's a really big part of me and I don't hide it and I'm unapologetic about my faith. I was up working on Tuesday night, Tuesday morning, about 3 a.m. And I was working on this new business I started called Book to Biz, which is books to business because I write books and I help people write books, but I'm not in the process of teaching you how to turn your books into businesses because that's what I've done. And I literally am there creating this academy and I literally heard the Holy Spirit say, it was so clear. It was, couldn't be anybody else because it's three o'clock in the morning, right? And I live with my son and I heard go and buy this domain. Now it was crazy because I wasn't buying domains. I was just sitting there writing, you know, like scripting. And I was like, oh God, what am I gonna do with that? And there's a conversation with me and this invisible person. And I heard go and buy testimony.com. And I was like, what are we gonna do with that? And I, I then, I was just, I was like, oh God, I'm not gonna do this, I can't do this. And I'm, I'm having this conversation, like literally talking. And something literally physically held my hand because I wasn't gonna do it. Mm. And it took me to GoDaddy. And in my defiance, I bought testimonial.com. And I heard, nope, that's not what you should have bought. So I'm on the phone 324 in the morning to go daddy trying to cancel literally. I mean, I, I'm going to, I took the screenshot because when I do the actual thing that I was told to do, I want to show the testimony. So I called go daddy and I said, look, I wanted to buy this other domain and I ended up buying the wrong one. Could you please cancel? And then I said, okay, I'm not going to do it now that go daddy has canceled my stuff. I'm not going to do it. And I literally had my hand slip back on the keyboard and I was pushed to go and buy testimony.live. And I heard the spirit of God say, you need to create a platform where people come and just share their testimonies. And I was like, but how am I going to profit from that? That's, this is a conversation. I'm going to profit. Because I'm all about the profitization, baby. Yeah, how, how do you monetize that, Jesus? And I heard him say, not yet. But, but so that's a business I've just, and I'm putting it out there because it will push me to do it. I heard the spirit of God say, create a platform where people can just come and be encouraged from the testimony of others. That's one. So this week I created two businesses, testimony.live, which is, I am going to have to get done. I'll put it out there. Now you have to get it done. Yeah. And books to business because, book to business, because I've been doing a lot of book to business. And I think that in this time, a lot of us need to start writing. There's so much to write about after the journey we've just been through. So I just had to add that to the, the you know, the thing. Yeah, to get to the many things that you're working on. Many Amazing. Amazing. The yeah, the menu. I love the idea about the testimony alive, though, um, because, you know, when I hear inspiring stories or read inspiring stories, that just that motivates me, encourages me. It gives me a little hug sometimes, you know, you, you know what, yeah. Soph, you're not alone type of thing, you know. Yeah, but I want to, I, I really heard clearly, and I'm staying on path, to talk about what God has done. Right, yeah. It was, that. It was not the testimonial, because I went and bought the wrong one. Oh. It's testimony. He was very specific 
it needs to be testimony. Mm. So um, I'm going to do it. I am going to have to do it now because I didn't come here plan to talk about that. But you see, see? I actually, I've been pushed and pushed. Yeah. And mm. <sighs> yes, Jesus, I'm going to do it. So, yes. Oh, I feel you on that. I so feel you on that because even with regards to this Employability Matters podcast, it has been about, I would say, seven years in the making. Mm. But I have been disobedient. <laughs> you understand what I mean? Mm. Like knowing that I should be doing it, but just sitting in the background, being intimidated by yeah. social media, yeah. um, having issues about how I look, how I sound, my teeth. <laughs> well, it's you crazy. You silliness. It's crazy you say that, Sophia. And I think I really love the vulnerability. So anybody who knows me know that I'm very pain. I struggled a lot of times with my we're going to go back to jamaica in a second but i struggled with my confidence for a very long time and lately ever since i i launched the mango girl which is my brand which is the hair and beauty brand i'm a very look, look, look. Ah, girl. Yes, yes. Yes, yes right but 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 here's a struggle that i've had this year um the brand is growing. It's a very beautiful. I mean, when I had somebody say to me last week, I didn't know it was owned by a black person, like very, very vividly, because when you look at the brand, it's beautiful. The Instagram, everything is great. And sometimes I feel like an imposter um, as the owner of it. I feel like an imposter. And I tell you why. Um, and I'm going to talk about it because so many of us are suffering from that. And we are not bold enough to be honest mm. because I'm scruffy. I'm a very scruffy girl who just likes to be comfortable. And when you look at all of the Instagram influencer and how you're supposed to look as, as anybody, let alone the CEO of a company, there is a particular societal imagery that's projected. Mm. And I don't fit that mold. And every now and then I get uncomfortable, but then I talk to myself mm. because I know that I'm the brains behind the brand. I don't have to be a supermodel to own the brand. So I understand what you mean by that um, because social media has this fakery. Yes. And yes. it lacks groundation. Mm. Hashtag it lacks groundation mm. and that's why we have so much suicide and mental health issues because there's a projection of how you should be and if you're not grounded in who you be not who you are who you be mm. in this world yeah i said that grammatically incorrect to stress the point mm. if you're not grounded in who you be and who you know you are meant to be and whose you be not oh, whose I, you are whose yeah. you be mm. then you can get messed up messed up big time messed up because i would see you know like fellow people or organizations who'll be doing exactly what i'm doing i'm like oh my gosh i don't look like that or i haven't got that type of equipment and whatever what do how do i feel i'm going to add value would people even listen to me but i'm telling you like those who come onto the podcast and the the receptions that i've given have received back is like nah so if you've got to keep on going because you know what so this is a marathon (laughs) it's not a sprint you understand what i'm saying so you've got to keep on in there you do and and do you know what is is i serve a lot of people i I'm not going to brag, but I I just did a keynote for AstraZeneca a few weeks ago. Wow. Hold on for a minute. (laughs) You know, like, drop drop the bomb. I'm not even trying to to 
I'm not even trying to drop a bun. I'm just I saying, love it. Like, you know, they came, they came, they went to my agent. Da, 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 I've got an agent. Yes, I do. They went to my agent and they requested me. And, 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 and we're not just talking about ordinary level people. It was crazy because after I did the keynote, I got all of these LinkedIn requests to, 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 to do, to do, do. And when I started accepting them, I, had I seen them before, I wouldn't have done the talk because it was vice president of this, global head of that. I did a keynote to over 300 top level directors and vice presidents at AstraZeneca in the oncology department. Lovely. And then just before that, Google came looking for me. And so I, I remind myself, sometimes you have to look over your CV and I remind myself that there's got to be something in all of this scruffiness that I have. And so I have to remind myself that I'm the kind of girl, Sophia, who will step on stage in my pajamas and I don't really care. You don't, That's me. I love it. Mm. Because it's not about, okay, what you look like is important, but I'm not gonna let society dictate how I should look. Mm. You understand? Once I'm clean and I smell good, I'm okay. But that's one that's of the it. things that I definitely agree with you because I've been growing my locks for about maybe 17 years now. And I had a struggle at the beginning with, cause I've had natural hair before I had locks. And I was saying to myself, you know, will I be accepted? You know, what is it gonna look like in the office? I couldn't believe I was having that internal dialogue in my mind about what I wanted to do with my hair type of thing. Yeah. But I was like, I had a trip to Jamaica and I was there for about six weeks. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. So when I got back, I just, you know, just started the process and I haven't looked back since. And it also inspires others because I just want to be my true authentic self. Right. Yeah. And I, and I want to, I want to just say that the internal dialogues we have are our own inner critic, our own insecurities. Today I was listening to, I'm on, I just, I'm on this new course and I had my one, I want my coach today. And I came to a realization that I have to accept a lot of the mistakes that happened to me. Some of them were my fault because sometimes we have to accept. So the internal dialogue, but going back to talk about Jamaica, let's just segue back to there. <laughs> humble beginnings. Yes. Very humble beginnings. Um, oh, Jamaica is home. Mm. Um, very rough childhood. I grew up really poor. Um, poverty has been a big thread throughout my, my, my childhood life and even some of my adulthood life. Um, single mother at the time, my mother was a teenager and I was born into poverty and I was born into a very weird situation. Um, I became the breadwinner of my family as young as 10 years old. And so I started selling mangoes on the train to, to, to help my family. And so from a very early age, I was entrepreneurial mm. and I was pushed into being an, an adult. And then, you know, life happened. I went to live with my my father and um, my stepmother and I was abusing that home sexually um, and ran away from there and became homeless. I found myself a homeless teenager. And um, I had a troubled childhood. When you think about the age we live in and all the stuff that are going around around child trafficking and stuff, um, I think I went through a period of depression this year when just when I was just faced with and confronted with all of the possibilities that I could have fell into as a, as a child who was so abused sexually growing up, but so neglected in aspects and a child who was homeless and just 
had so much tumultuousness happen to me. And when I reflected on the lucky escapes, I became depressed for a moment this year because I could have been one of those victims. I could have been, but then his grace and mercy, mercy. Mm. have kept me. So um, I live in gratitude. So Jamaica was rough for me, um, but it was, it was a mixed one because, you know, I look at my children and, and my son is here and he's nine and today he was so bored. And I look at the childhood that we've had, the difference, the contrast of despite the poverty, mm. the richness of that childhood is something that is invaluable. And so Jamaica has a mixed representation for me, but now having lived in the UK, um, I can't wait to go back to live in Jamaica. Mm. Um, to live, to live. Yes, yes permanently. Because you can, um, isn't it? We've got internet, can do business. Yeah, you can, yeah, absolutely. And I work from home anyway. Um, Jamaica is, I, the only way I can describe Jamaica now as an adult um, is, is there's something magical. I went to Africa a few times mm. and it was when I went to South Africa and Ethiopia and touched down there and felt the soil mm. and realized the electrifying moments I had. Mm. Jamaica for me, when I land on that soil, there's a, an electric thing that goes through my body and through my veins that I can't explain. I have friends who are born in England and they can't, they can't identify where home is. For me, no matter where I am, Jamaica is home, regardless mm. of the hardships and the things that have happened to me. They could have happened anywhere and they happen anyway. Mm. You know, look at what happened to the girl or sadly, um, you know, got, got made her soul rest in peace on Cap on Common. It could have happened anywhere. So Jamaica for me is home and um, somewhere that I actually crave. I crave being in. Mm. I crave being in Jamaica. I crave it. I visualize it every day. I struggle with being here. Being here has now become a struggle. When you say about um, when you went to, did you go? Did you say you went to South Africa? I did. I've been there three times. Oh wow! Because I stayed. I lived in South Africa for three months. Yeah, I stayed in um, Cape Town, Rondebush. I stayed there for three oh, months. I've done some Johannesburg. Johannesburg. Oh, okay, but Ghana. It was Ghana that done it for me. Mm. When I went back through the door of return that was it mm. that was it I said that Sophia fix up then the birth of ICANN came and everything else you know yeah yeah there's a there's a renaissance happening yeah. in the diaspora and um I, I just worked on a project and I hope it's okay to talk about it here um, it's called blacklovematters.me. It's a dating site. I just work on it with a, with a yeah. And I just worked on it. Um, silent partner, silent partner. I became a silent partner when I started working on with the owner. And I was like, can I be a part of this? Because I can see that becoming something massive. So it's called blacklovematters.me. And when, when, when he started telling me his vision of what he wants Black Love Matters me to be and that renaissance, that connectivity of, of black love and stuff i was i was touched but there's a renaissance happening across the diaspora there are americans moving to jamaica that have no connection yes. in terms of genealogy but they are there people are moving across the diaspora right now 
and owning and, and I think it's so permissible to own wherever you feel your heart yes. call Definitely. and your soul call so I don't I I really think wherever you go as a black person and your soul says this is the way your soul agreement is that's where your soul, where your soul is. Yeah, for real. And it's all right if it changes, you know, it's all right mm -hmm. to be fluid with that. It's so true. Yeah. So after Jamaica, then what happened? How, you know, you, you're in so, Jamaica. What was the next step? Yeah, so I was in Jamaica and I got held up and raped at gunpoint. And um, oh, you didn't know that, right? <laughs> and my daughter, who was actually just returned to Jamaica, she was two and a half, um, two, two and a half. And she experienced and she witnessed that. And so when that happened, I had a nervous breakdown. And um, girl, I told you I'd been through a lot. And um, I couldn't, couldn't function. It was hard. And I moved from parish to another parish and I just was struggling. So my, I was then studying. I was on a scholarship from an Irish company called Digicel. Oh, Digicel, yes, yeah, yeah. I was on a scholarship and I, I was working for Digicel as a scholarship. And I came to England to do an exam and my auntie was like, you know, come, I was doing my first degree and I came to visit them. I was, I was trained as a teacher. So I had that in my, I always education was that thing. Um, education was my passport out of everything. And so I was a trained teacher. I had taught, but I left and went into business because I had this business acumen. And I came here to do the exam and my auntie was like, you know what, let me take you to go and look for a teaching job. I'm like, I want to teach. But teaching runs in my, 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 maternal, my paternal family. So I went to, to, to Luton. I landed in Luton. It was my first place. And my auntie dragged me literally to the agency, registered as a teacher. Went back to Jamaica, got out my life. And a week after having come to England, I, it was so crazy. I was on spur tree, the old spur tree, for those of us who know Jamaica, the old one that's meandering, you stay up and look down and you, your heart gasps like, oh my God, am I gonna fall over there? And I was on spur tree when my phone rang and I literally parked my car. Now I'm afraid of spur tree. I only whiz down it, don't step on it. But this car came from England. And I just believe that something your destiny is where your destiny is. And I pulled up the car and I stood on spur tree hill and I document this in my book called The Mango Girl. Did you know, I have a, you know I've got a book called yes, The Mango Girl? Yes, 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 yes. And I did that interview and got offered a job to come to England to teach about a week after having left the UK. And um, I was so conflicted because I wasn't poor. Life was good. I'd come out of my poverty, I'd made a good life. I had a nice house. We had weekend cars and the week car and you know the car you drive to the to work in the week. So the Jeep was the week, you know, the rugged road and the weekend yes. was your, your flashy car. I just imported my car from Japan and Honda CRVs had just come out. I had a Honda CRV Jeep and I had a oh, Honda, yeah. I had a Honda Accord car, bazooka in the back and brims, and it was pimped. Yeah, that's my weekend ride. <laughs> it was pimped, you make me laugh. Life is good. Yeah. And, um, but I was struggling mentally. I was afraid I was, it was traumatic and I hadn't gotten any counseling and any therapy. And so in that wimp, and sometimes I regret it, in that wimp of feeling scared and unsupported, I took the job. Mm. And sometimes I regret it. And I came to the UK and when I came here, my God, I struggled because I had a maid, I had a nanny and I had a maid, I had, yeah, and I'm not just, you know, the life. Yes. Um, I didn't wash. I didn't clean. I didn't do any other things 
power shower was not abnormal. You had ensuite bathroom, even your living helper had it. So I came to England living in a room. And um, that was really hard. And, and I've been here 20 years and I still have not. Uh, I wouldn't say I haven't settled, no. Hmm. I haven't settled. So I, that's what you miss, isn't it? You miss, you miss, miss Jamaica. You long to be family. back here. Miss family. Um, I'm getting older. I miss my family. So my kids grow up without their family. I'm a single mom. So that's really challenging. But I'm all about mindset. So you channel your mind to be where you are and be content. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, that's how I ended up here. So what about um, the things that you enjoy about the UK? Or oh, you're in Northern Ireland now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm in Northern Ireland. I, I love a lot of things about the UK. I love, um, I love the, do you know what, it's crazy. If you asked me this six years ago, my list would be, but I've just matured in a space where I think God placed me in Northern Ireland to start preparing me for going back to Jamaica because I live in a little village and I absolutely mm. love it. I live in a village. Like last week I went to get my potatoes. It was from the farm. It's, I live in a village, right? But the things I love about the UK are, <laughs> that's hard. And there, there are lots of opportunities here in a way. And yes and no, because you have to kick down doors and fight and, mm. and deal with the, the unconscious biases. And mm. what do I like about the UK? I love the fact that food is affordable. Yeah? Okay, yeah. Mm. I love the fact that everybody can go to school and get a relatively good education with equipment, mm. right? And so education is free. Mm -hmm. I love the healthcare system. Yeah. Those are some of the things I love about the UK. I love Jamaica though. I love it. I mean, I, you know, my first experience was going to the island was when my mom took me when I was nine years old. My dad, he's from Barbados. Mm -hmm. And that has such a huge impact. Yeah. Yeah. I've, huh? I've been to I did yeah. a keynote. I was invited by the government of Barbados Whoa. to speak in 2018. And you're not going to believe this. I went to Barbados to speak. They, I, that, that week, I did three continents. I was jet lagged. I flew from South Africa to London and I did a keynote in California. So literally flew, I think it was just crazy. And then it was to Barbados. I didn't know where I was when oh, it was such a confusion. And I went there to speak at something called um, Innovate Barbados. That's what it was called. Innovate Barbados. And um, the speech I gave was meant to be done by the prime minister. And somehow, I don't know what happened. Hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> You're dropping too much things here. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I don't know what happened, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I went to, so I was invited by the, the government of Barbados to speak there. In 2018, I was in Barbados. My first time, loved it. Have some great friends there. I'm what silent for a reason. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm confused, you know what I mean? It's like this woman, I, I, I feel so blessed. I don't think you understand. <laughs> I feel so blessed. I feel so blessed that I am speaking to you. Do you understand what I mean, you know? you are awesome you are awesome man seriously ordinary, awesome ordinary. ordinary i like that yeah ordinary awesome 
Yeah. My goodness. So how do you find time for yourself? Now I don't, I don't travel. So after Barbados was my last trip and I was like, yeah, that's it. Because my children were complaining now. I mean, mm. I'm a single mama and I, I was doing a lot of reflection and I was like, I rather they have my presence than my present. Right. Mm. And um, I was on the, the, those, those flights were long and I, it was very reflective and it was on the verge of moving here. Mm. And I was like, I'm done with this. So I, I literally decided that. I wasn't going to be traveling so much anymore that my children needed me and they were growing up so fast and um I, i'd done a lot of traveling i just thought no no more so i that's how manga girl kind of came about i thought i'm gonna do things online and so i coach and i train and i do all of those things behind my screen and i did and i do them in public as well before the vid came yeah yeah before the vid came and um, I still do that now. And so most of what I do now is online and um, and I like it. It's, it. It gives me the comfort to be in my pajamas like I am now, you know. And, yeah, exactly. uh, Nobody needs to know what's going from the bottom down, you <laughs> from the waist down. <laughs> so let's talk about the mango girl. I tell you, I, I purchased, I think it was five of these, isn't it? And um, I must say, it is absolutely a great product. I mean, it leaves my legs. I was saying to you about, I'm telling you the whole world now, the dryness. <laughs> and yeah, I was saying it's the dry menopause. And I'm saying this is a business. But the fa- my favorite one is the mango butter because I love a sweet smell and mm. stuff. So let us know, how do we get, get to your products, man? How do we get to Well, first of all, mango. thank you. The mango girl butters are from Ghana. The, the actual Shia, yes, yes, yes. We are all about supporting local economy, supporting women. So our products are ethical. Um, and they're back, you probably know that they're not like other places. They're really back to nature, real stuff. They're natural. It's rustic like my grandmother would literally take out the coconut oil and rub it on your skin. We want it to be natural. And that's really important because we're chemical savvy, ingredient savvy. We're really conscious of that. So you can get the Mango Girl on themangogirl.com. Um, and I and Sophia has a special code. So if you use MAN10, you get a discount. But our butters are from Ghana. Like our boxes, when they come, it tells the story. It has the woman and everything. And our products go back to helping women in Ghana. So yes. I just so every time you buy from us, you're helping women in a Ghanaian village. Yeah, you've got a social aspect to it. I just and, and I'm going to Jamaica soon not saying when we've just collected every so when you bought from us sophia 10p of every purchase has gone towards helping uh disaffected girls um and and uh, and children and so we're going we have we have collected enough touch wood to to, to we got some land at a basic school and we the, we have the mango girl playground project and we have money enough for our first playground and I have a meeting on the 12th of the Jamaican government to talk about how we can get this shipped into Jamaica tax so we're not paying duty. And by the summer, hopefully the vid allows, I would have gone home and built our first playground in rural areas for children in Jamaica. So that's some of the things that the Manga Girl is doing. Awesome, 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 awesome. 
that's why I'm in awe of you. I don't think you want to be <laughs> And you know what? I was so nervous. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm seeing Dr. Ava Brown and I'm looking no, at all the girl, things I'm that so you've done. I'm like, oh my gosh, this woman is amazing. I love her. You understand? I feel like you're, I don't know, like the Oprah Winfrey of, you know, of, 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 of my life. Of, of I'm just not getting paid every time somebody says that now. Please, <laughs> please do. Do you know what I mean? Sandra, Sophia, I'm sorry. Sophia, I'm simple. I'm, I'm really simple. And I like, probably that's why I want to go back to Jamaica because I want to live simple. I want to plant my own mm. things in my back garden. I really, I'm simple. And I used to be flashy, okay? I used to be flash, the fingernails, the everything. And then you grow and you just think, what's the meaning of this life? right what's the point what's the point of spending all this money to do all this fake stuff mm. when i could take it and help a child yeah that's so you know, true oh yeah. i just i just love it because that that's one thing i have got a charitable aspect to me as well in terms of um making sure that children have breakfast um, yeah. So breakfast clubs is very dear and near to my heart and also children's homes. Every time I go back to Jamaica, I will always bring, you know, like nappy sanitary towels and clothes and things. And I go donate them to a children's home. Yes. Last time yeah. I went, there was one in Montego Bay. Cannot blossom. Is it Blossom Hall? Blossom. Blossom, blossom yes. Gardens. Blossom yeah. Gardens. Yeah. And it was, yeah, I was touched, inspired. And I was like, I need to do something to help, you know? It's a bigger yeah, picture out there, isn't it? You know, it is. And what's your legacy gonna be? You know, right. people, what is gonna be your legacy? Like where I grew up, I mean, children don't have, and I'm talking about you know a slide. I'm talking about some swings. Yeah. You know what's crazy and how the universe works. The MP for the area now that I'm gonna put it in my community was an MP that I I I I used to work with. But he wasn't an MP then. Yes. And he is a digital store owner and I was in the, his account manager. And I went seeking to find out how can I get some land? And when I got on the phone, he was like, is this Ava? And I was like, because he heard my name, he heard the name. And he was like, of course, because I paid it forward 20 years ago mm. to him, for him. And he's like, come, let's do this for the community. So I'm just excited. It always comes back to good and bad. It always comes back to you. So make sure you live a life of righteousness, you know, and giving back because it always returns back to you tenfold, always. It does. It returns to you. And you just have to be conscious of how you live. And mm. we can't be living without leaving legacies. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's and so every time you think that your life is hard, there's somebody else who's going under every yeah. time. Yeah. Definitely. I love the, the statement on your website, Dr. Ava Eagle, Eagle Brow. So tell us about the Eagle. Tell us about. Sure. The girl, I, I actually changed the name to Eagle because when, if you know, if you heard, you've heard some of my, my growth and how I was brought up, I was a chicken and you know, chicken eats everything off the ground and everything, whatever. But when you become an Eagle, you're more selective, what you hear, what you eat, what you see. And I'm saying these in a, you know, coded way. Yeah. So I actually thought, you know what? My mindset is no longer at that chicken level. I'm elevated. I'm at the place where I am going to open my wings and I'm going to soar. And I love it. I think my, my logo is this beautiful eagle. I love it. And I just mm. absolutely love it. Yeah. 
I love it. I think like everybody, they just need to check out, check out, check out and support, support. Buy number one, the Mango Girl. Buy all the butters, buy everything. <laughs> yeah? yeah. And yeah. write your testimonies and support, support, support. So if we look back, like what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, stay in Jamaica. <laughs> I would have stayed. Stay in Jamaica, yeah, stay. yeah. I stayed. Yeah, if I were, if I, I would have stayed, I would have said that, um, Trust your guts, trust your instincts. Um, don't allow people to mute you. So when I got raped by my father, I um, I became mute. I didn't trust anyone. I think it was my fault. And it impacted my self-concept, self-esteem and self-worth. Um, I would say, don't be afraid to try and fail because failure is feedback. Mm. I tell my younger self that it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay. And um, keep on trying, you know, some of those things I tell myself. I think most importantly, I would have told myself to go to college and study exactly what you wanted to study. And what was that? What is it that you exactly wanted to be a barrister? Wow. Mm. But we couldn't afford it. So, yeah. But in a way, you are giving counsel in a different way, isn't it? I am, yeah. And girl, I after I went, so I was in court for 26 months. I'm actually in court now again. Oh. <laughs> um, family matter. Mm. And I was in court for 26 months. Um, it was very hard. I think, I think that's helped to break the affinity I have to the UK, the criminal justice system, the family mm. court. This, the justice system is very rotten, especially skewed against certain people of certain origins I feel Mm. and um I know I give a lot of advice to a lot of women and men who find themselves in the position I was in so I think you're always teaching or learning um and so then I was learning now I'm teaching so I do I do a lot of legal counsel you do you do (laughs) based on what I went through but um those are some of the things I tell my younger self Mm. awesome as we're wrapping up I can't believe it (laughs) because I feel as if I'm just been talking to you for like five minutes. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, but just the last thing, your past does not determine your future because finish the sentence for us. Because you are the CEO of your own destiny. Love it. Dr. Ava Brown. (laughs) Thank you so much for being a guest on the Employability Matters podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, everyone. This is your host, Sophia Lewis. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of Employability Matters a careers and job-related podcast where we dive into all topics associated with the world of work. Thank you for subscribing. I very much appreciate your support and remember to share with your family and friends. It would be appreciated if you could leave a great review on our YouTube channel, Anchor FM, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. I will be back next week for another great episode so until then remember employability matters